0: A desert planet with twin suns. They call themselves the Bad Batch. We do what we do. What else you got, give me more! Welcome back to Twin Sun Talks, folks. I'm your host, Jonah Liu, and it is time for another Bad Batch review and breakdown. Let's not waste any time for this. And just jump straight into I Have Spoken. I Have Spoken. Alrighty, today we're going to be breaking down episode 5, Rampage. So, as usual, we're going to be doing uh, the first bit as a non-spoiler review, then we're going to have spoiler warnings, spoiler review and breakdown, and then followed by some theories about what's going to be going on moving forward. So, here is my non-spoiler review for episode 5, Rampage. Rampage. While it was more action-packed than the last episode, it still felt like a one-off adventure rather than a contribution to the greater storyline. That being said, there was development for certain characters and certain easter eggs that made this ex- episode extremely enjoyable. Still waiting for the episodes to start ramping up, but I'm not at all upset with what we're getting. Uh, yeah, so that's all that I have for the non-spoiler stuff. It is pretty hard to write these um without spoilers. That's why they're very vague, but I, I, I am enjoying them, and I do enjoy. I, I haven't really not enjoyed any of these episodes, but I'm just I'm ready for them to to start kind of giving me giving me the really good stuff, because I feel like we're getting the, the good to all right stuff right now, but I want the great stuff. Um. So anyways, that being said, spoiler warning for the rest of the episode. All of the rest of the episode will have spoilers for episode five, Rampage. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Do not listen to the rest of this if you have not already watched the episode. Spoiler warning. Spoiler warning. Okay, let's get right into this. I'm going to be going through my breakdown and then my review followed by Visions. So, spoiler warning, one last time. Let's get into it. So, we start off the episode by Omega getting her own comm device. This is kind of continuing her uh, solidification as a member of the team, which is pretty cool to see. Uh, the team is going to Ord Mantell to get info on the bounty hunter who is pursuing them. Uh, we know we know as the audience that she is Fennec Shand from The Mandalorian, but the characters in the episode do not. Uh, Echo knows of, a, uh, of an old Jedi informant known as Sid, and they arrive at like this empty bar with a plump Trandoshan and limited occupants. And the Trandoshan denies knowing Sid, and while the squad discusses what to do, Omega identifies the Trandoshan as being Sid, and I am pretty dang sure that she's Force-sensitive at this point. Like, she's able to just be like, hey, you're Sid. Like, she just, it's very matter-of-fact, like, she has this really uh, great intuition about her that just makes me pretty, pretty certain that she is, in fact, Force-sensitive. So they go back to Sid's office, which has a lot of really cool Easter eggs in the background, like... Uh, a Mandalorian helmet, a couple clone helmets. It's just a very eclectic like collection that she has, which is pretty pretty cool. But Sid recounts that her value has decreased since the Jedi were eliminated, and she proposes an, extra- an exchange of services for in- information about the bounty hunter that has been pursuing them. And she tasks the bounty hunter with retrieving a child named Moochie, uh, who has been captured by Zygerians. Now, if you don't remember, Zygerians were the wolf-looking people uh, who are the slavers in the Clone Wars. Um, they took the Togrutan colonists from Kiros, uh that sort of thing. So, on the way to the Zygerian's location, we see Wrecker cradling his head in his hands again, and I know for a fact at this point. I, I can't say that I know for a fact, but I'm, it's almost a guarantee that that is his chip working, and it's just foreshadowing for later. I think that he's going to be going down in the next couple episodes, and it's going to be super, super sad to see. When they get to the location of the Zygerians, Omega is ordered to stay at the ship, while the other four infiltrate. Uh, Echo is the eyes in the sky, while the others accomplish the mission. Echo is attacked by a Breezak, and the team is captured. So Breezaks were kind of the basilisk, big dragon-type things that were kind of like gliding lizards um, that were native to Zygeria. So... That, but it is kind of cool because Echo is kind of acting in Crosshair's position as the eyes in the sky, and we see that the team isn't quite as uh, solid without that missing teammate. Uh, so the Zygerians go back to the Bad Batch's ship, and Omega manages to slip away unseen. She tries to contact the squad with her communicator, but instead finds them shackled together. She makes her way over to their position, and the head Zygerian begins monologuing. The team begins to subtly signal to Omega where their gear is and what moves that she should make next. We faintly hear the Zygerian mention returning to Kadavo uh, while all this is happening, kind of in the background. And this is actually the moon where the Tergrutins, Obi-Wan, and Rex were held as the processing facility uh, during the Zygerian arc uh, in the Clone Wars. The last episode of that arc is actually called Escape from Kadavo, so that's just a cool little Easter egg that they threw in. And Omega ends up releasing a creature in a cage, which turns out to be a baby Rancor. So we see a full grown Rancor in Episode 6, Return of the Jedi. That's what is the creature that's underneath Jabba's palace, or underneath, yeah, Jabba's palace and his throne room, where he drops people in as kind of an entertaining form of execution to see them get eaten by the Rancor. And we learn from the other enslaved people that the Zygerians had that the Rancor is Moochie. That is the child that they're trying to rescue. So Echo and Omega lead the people, the Zygerians, to captured away while uh, Tech, Wrecker, and Hunter go after Moochie. Uh, Hunter has a standoff with the head Zygerian, and we see him withstand the power of the Electro Whip, um, which is something that we've really only seen Anakin do. Like, Obi-Wan went down whenever he got hit with one of those things. So that I think that that, has, that tells us something about Hunter, which I'll go into a bit more in Visions. But Wrecker and Tech catch up to Moochie. Tech says that Rankers adhere to a sort of hierarchical code and that one must challenge the Alpha for authority. So Wrecker takes on that task and they are kind of weirdly equally matched, like this small Rancor versus this big clone. And it's kind of comical, but it's also cool to see Wrecker kind of uh, falling into his place within the team. Uh, we return, uh, or Echo and Omega successfully help the other players. Uh, people who had been captured escape. We return to the Rancor fight to see both Moochie and Wrecker extremely tired, and Muchi eventually falls asleep. And we go back to Sid's place. We see Bib Fortuna and two Gamorrean guards. So Bib Fortuna is the Twi'lek, the kind of the pale Twi'lek, who is Jabba the Hutt's majordomo. Um, And so he's the guy that's kind of standing next to him in Return of the Jedi. He's also seen very briefly in uh, Episode 1, The Phantom Menace, and and he's also seen at the very, spoiler alert, he's seen at the very end of The Mandalorian Season 2. And it's interesting because we've never seen him in the Clone Wars animation style before, and I'm not sure why. I don't know where he's been because we see him in Phantom Menace, so there's no reason that he shouldn't have been in the Clone Wars. But that was just a cool little thing to see. So we learned that Jabba is the one that owns Moochie, who they were trying to get him back to. Uh, and so they return him, or to return her to... Uh, Bib Fortuna and the guards, they get paid and they go on their way. Sid briefs Hunter on Fennec Shand whose name is finally revealed Mm. um, and reveals that she is new to the scene and working on a direct commission so they don't know who hired her but they know that it's a direct commission and Sid says with someone like Fennec after them, they must be super valuable, they being the Bad Batch but but she uh, warns that uh, Or no, it doesn't warn, but she assures him that she's good with secrets, so not to worry. End of episode. So, this episode was definitely better than last week, but still rather slow. I'm ready to see more from the Kaminoan and Imperial perspective again. I think that's been the best part of the show so far, is getting to see that transition, and I hope that we get to see it. Uh, I really want to stop these fetch quests, and I want to start getting into the real nitty-gritty stuff. Oh, also, little note. Muchi is not the Rancor that Luke kills in *Return of the Jedi*. Uh, that one is canonically named Patissa, and it's a male. Muchi is a female, and she's a baby, so it doesn't make much sense for them to change those details canonically. I don't think, and also it wouldn't make sense timeline-wise. I don't know how quickly Rancors mature, but I don't think that it would have. I don't think Muchi would have grown that much in twenty-five years. I feel like it would probably take a little bit more to mature to a size of that ring. But it's all it's all very unclear. None of that's confirmed. So those are my that's my spoiler breakdown review. Let me just go very quickly into my visions for the future. To continue, we need one singular vision. My vision. So there's not too too much new uh, from this episode. There are just some things that I think uh kind of What's the word I'm looking for? They, they kind of support my previous uh, theories that I've had and kind of add on to them. Um, so first of all, Echo is the one that is the most outspoken deeply against slavery out of all of them. He's the one that kind of explains to Omega what slavery is and has the most kind of disgusted reaction. Like He doesn't even like thinking about the fact that they're getting paid to release these people. Um, he thinks that it's just the right thing to do. He's the one that points out to the slavers that the Republic outlawed slavery, to which the slaver replies, we ain't living in the Republic anymore. Um, So, in my opinion, this could be just the Reg in him simply wanting the betterment uh, for others, or it could be Jedi morality influencing him, or it could be the fact that he empathizes with these slaves because he was also exploited against his will, kind of like how they are whenever he was... Uh, taken over by the Techno Union and exploited for Republic Secrets. So I think that that's probably the more likely thing, and I think that this could prompt him and, indirectly, the guys, the other parts, the other members of the Bad Batch, to incite a clone uprising on Kamino as they kind of come to realize, as they learn more about the inhibitor chips, that the clone army has essentially been turned into a slave army, and they're going to want to kind of uh, reverse that. Hunter, in my opinion, I think the way that he was able to withstand the electro Whip is that he is able to redirect electric charges. And I think that that will come into play when disabling the inhibitor chips of either other clones or um, all of the clones. And I think that uh, that's going to come into play because we see whenever Crosshair is getting his chip uh, augmented, it's like two electric beams shooting into his skull. So I think that that's kind of where that's going. Uh, we also I think that Wrecker is going to betray the group starting in the next episode. Not for certain, but I just think that that's what we're l- leading up to. And I think it's going to be kind of weird if we keep just seeing him cradling his head in his hands and not get any payoff within maybe the next episode. Because it's been like three episodes now. Um, Wrecker, and I think that it would be natural for Rex to be there, to give them more information about the chips, and then they see the effects of the chips in Wrecker. And so it's either maybe going to be an explicit betrayal where he like attacks them or it could be a subtle betrayal where where he like gives the empire their location or something like that where he just kind of quietly betrays them so that's my theory on that once again not going to say that rex is going to show up because he hasn't yet and i'm tired of expecting him to so i'm just not going to say it anymore i think that sid is our in for finding out about other Jedi survivors. And my theories are that either Quinlan Vos or Mace Windu will approach her at some point, like at the very end of the season, I think. We're just going to see like a little glimpse of a Jedi survivor, that, and she's going to be like, oh, it's been a while. And we may not see payoff for it. I don't think we will. It might just be a cliffhanger. But those are my theories moving forward. I'm super, super excited. I think that we're getting out of the weeds of this show and we're going to start hitting the ground running within the next two or three episodes. Um, We're five episodes in. That's almost a third of the way done, which is crazy. But I'm so, so excited to keep learning more about this show because I think it looks great. It feels great. I'm just super, super excited. But anyways, that's all I have for y'all today. You've taken your first steps into a larger world. May the Force be with you, and I will see y'all in the next episode. Next episode, we have Sean Doe on as a guest talking about all the stuff in Star Wars that makes us mad. I really hope that y'all enjoy it, and I will see y'all then. Bye, folks.